You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Green Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Green Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billiken win! Billiken win! Now, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Bouncing to the corner for Stroud. Jared. Oh! Put that highlight on a loop. I love it. That's uh, City SC and broadcasters Joey Zanaboni and Dale Schilly on Y98 FM on the Kyle Hebert goal that put the City team up by three. That was the one where you knew they were going to take it home. And it was that early in the match, but they still did it in extra time in the first half. Here's Hebert after a 5-1 win over Cincinnati. Somebody online pointed out the beauty of you scoring on April 15th. <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed now that you bring it up. <laughs> well, but this year it's the 18th, so yeah, it's, yeah, uh, no, exactly. So if it was the 18th, then I should know. Should know. I should know better. Yeah. What, what would they, the way you guys play tonight, and to play a game after coming off two wins, to play a game like this against the Cincinnati team that was the top. What does it say about this team? Yeah, I think it shows our resolve. You know, we knew we weren't going to go through the season mm. undefeated, um, and every team goes through a spell where mm. the goals weren't coming, you know, and so to be able to put five past a Cincy team that really doesn't give up much, like, yeah, they were missing, um, you know, two of their, their top players, mm. um, but, you know, that defensively, that, that was the, the same structure was there. Mm. Um, so that was big time for us, for our confidence moving forward. Did the goal, Stroud's goal in the third minute, did that kind of just – Really open things up or get you yeah. put you guys in a good place. Well, I think we. I mean, we said before we wanted to give something for you know twenty thousand people stuck around two hours, thunderstorms and tornadoes. You know, mm-hmm. so it's give the fans something to remember, and I think we did that tonight. Yeah. What did What did you do during the two hours? Uh, I played a little chess with uh, Ben Lund. Yeah, okay. you can ask him about how those couple of games went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a little bit of blitz chess, hung around, yeah. foam rolled. Yeah. Still the reigning champion within the. Uh, I back myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Defensively, you, know, you didn't get the shutout, but mm-hmm. how did you guys feel? They had some chances in there, but how did you feel about the team's defensive play? Yeah, overall, very solid. Like, they are um, a very good team. I think definitely some stuff looking back on it. You can kind of see it in guys' eyes. Like, we were disappointed after the game not to get the shutout. That was something... You know, we set goals for ourselves, and so mm-hmm. to miss the opportunity for this one, mm-hmm. it does sting a little bit. So it did mm-hmm. take away some of that joy of the win, but still an overall great win. But mm-hmm. it was tough to give up that goal. About talk about your goal, what uh, as it, the ball found its way back to you. After yeah, yeah, just found a little space in the box. Amazing ball in by Jared. 
Um, I forget who won the second phase to get over to Jared, too. So mm-hmm. great play by them. And then uh, just special, you know, so many mm-hmm. being in St. Louis, you know, so many family and friends here. It was mm-hmm. amazing. You got two goals. Yeah, two goals. <laughs> yeah. Let's keep it rolling. Yeah. 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 Um, I think we're good. All right, that's it. That's Kyle Hebert. Uh, Terrific job by him and by City. Let's go back to Bradley Carnell and get some more uh, from what he saw yesterday. This is Bradley Carnell after the match. Disappointed that we we couldn't keep the shutout for Roman. Hey, Coach. um, Cincinnati has played a lot of tight, low-scoring games all season, and then you guys break out a big lead fairly early into the into the game how do your approach to tactics or substitutions change as the game moves on when all of a sudden you've scored three four goals yeah the complexion starts to change and you know a 2-0 scoreline a 3-0 scoreline can still be you know if you shoot those early on can still be a tricky uh, result to manage to the end of the game right so um, you know I don't think we we're too ignorant or arrogant or you know inexperienced enough to think that we'll just throw any changes and and give guys you know just a run out who haven't really played but as the game progressed we really wanted to get guys in like a Selmio Pedro uh, Akil Watts Celio Pompeo I wish I could have got him on a little bit earlier Um, but yeah we know we got games coming up we know we got midweek games coming up so we wanted to make sure that we're keeping everyone fresh and ticking along Um, yeah just uh, excited for the for the group and uh, like I said just a, a little bit of a you know yeah, sticks him at 5-0. You know, I don't think it was a 5-0 game. Um, I think they had one or two chances too many, in my opinion, as the game went on. Uh, we were a little bit loose. Um, but then if it is a 5-0 scoreline, we want to keep it that way. We want to keep the clean sheet. And, and, and that's the only thing that's uh, upsetting me right now. Eight different starting lineups for Bradley Carnell. And through eight games, he's 6-2, and two, number one team in Major League Soccer. Here he is after last night's 5-1 win over Cincinnati. Coach, a little bit more. Um, Leuven obviously deservedly got man of the match. And other than that goal, can you just talk about how good of a defensive performance he put in today because he obviously bossed that midfield? Well, really good because we spoke about our sixes and the connection of our sixes with Indy and Edu. Um, you know, a lot of their quality comes from their wing backs in their in their three four you know three system. And uh, if they're dribbling on the inside, Bariel, you know, on the one side, Arias on the other side. This is a big quality of theirs to create overloads. And if we shift and connect, if we one step too late, unfortunately, you know, they can create some some havoc. Um, so yeah, that that was a real you know proud moment for for Edu to go as he did and get stronger actually as the game went on. Um, besides his goal, I think he was connected all this every single time. You know, we speak about the weak side pivot and, and whatever. Um, but yeah, he just did enough to make sure that he's defensively solid. When we won the ball in transition, he was clean on the ball. And yeah, when he when he when there's a bit of an edginess in the game, then he's really strong and and can ride tackles and challenges as well. So it was a, a complete performance. Bit of soccer strategy there from Bradley Carnell. Adu would be Leuven and Indy. He was referring to Indiana Vasilev. Both of them had terrific matches last night in a late night game that City won five to one over Cincinnati. They started the game at 9.49 Central Time after a long delay. It was supposed to start at 7.30 due to lightning in the area. And before that, a tornado warning. Then they come out. Crowd was terrific, over 15,000 in a place that holds 22.5 and would have had 22.5 on a regular night. Still a raucous crowd, and they were entertained 
big time last night with a great win, 5-1 to one, over Cincinnati. When we come back, the sporting director for City Lutes Fan and Steel answers our questions. John Mosellock, president of baseball operations for the Cardinals, will also be with us live. That's at 11.30. We'll get you set for the Battle Hawks game this afternoon at the Dome. That's at 11.45. And Mizzou has landed a pretty big transfer to their college basketball team. We'll tell you about him before we go. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Don't go anywhere. We're sponsored by Graybar, and we're back after this. Welcome back to the Graybar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings, and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. One up on the edge of the box, trying to knock it past wow. Baji, and that will take it to the final whistle. Wow, what a night. There was a whole lot of thunder, and yeah, it rained too. But that thunder is coming off St. Louis' feet this evening. A 5-1 win. Joey Zanaboni right there, the play-by-play voice of St. Louis City SC. I'll add on to that. How about on a night when there was lightning in the area, City struck first. And struck often. Uh, they scored five goals and won at 5-1. to one, And we're joined by the sporting director, Lutz Fanage-Seal. Good morning, Lutz. And it is a good morning in downtown West, isn't it? Yeah, definitely a very good morning. Uh, also, good morning to you. It's great to hear you. I, I think it's a proven fact that coffee tastes better the morning after a win. That was a good one right there for your team. Yeah, it was a, you know, a great result uh, for sure. Uh, very difficult conditions coming back from from two losses uh, was always that um, well there is no pressure but we somehow uh, you know yes high expectations of what, how we want to play what we want to do and uh, so we really wanted to win as a team and you know the weather and the storm and the tornadoes or whatever was flying around there last night uh, made it not easy because sitting down there uh, inside the changing room for more than two hours not really knowing when it's happening, if it's happening. There was a, a lot of um, um, kind of, uh, you know, you need to keep the guys busy. You, uh, Yeah, basically it was all about mentality, all about keep the focus. Um, and, yeah, it worked well because I had that feeling when we went out there from the first, second onwards, we really wanted it. We wanted it more than Cincinnati yesterday. And um, to be fair, Tom, uh, you know, 5-1, uh, it sounds like uh, we hammered them, but uh, the truth of the matter, it was not a 5-1 game. Cincinnati, they they not have that many points and they've not been unbeaten for so long. If they would be a bad team, I actually thought they, they played reasonably well, but we just struck like lightning yesterday exactly in the right moments. And in the end of the day, it was a very important win. Uh, you did. You you really did. And they did. I, I agree. I was there last night. I was sitting in the seats last night, pretty close and, and got to see the athleticism on display and both teams I thought played well, but you got some great opportunities. That first goal is really a lift off your shoulders. Isn't it? I mean, obviously there's work to be done. There's 87 more minutes and, and more, but to score within the first three minutes gives you some validation that you came out with energy and you were rewarded. Yeah, you know, that early in the game, uh, only three minutes into the game, when you're still trying to find your rhythm, uh, it, it, it was extremely important because we knew that Cincinnati are uh, very well organized defensively. They don't concede many. They conceded only four games in the previous seven games. And uh, it's all about their organization. So uh, Pat Newland does a great job there. 
so kind of breaking that momentum they always have in defending very well and keeping a zero for a long time that, of course, changed their match plan as well and it played into our cards. You said it to me last week that you don't just walk into Seattle and come out with a victory. That doesn't happen. Uh, you knew what you were up against all season long. All of these games have a unique challenge to them, but it does bear repeating how good Cincinnati is. I mean, they had given up four goals all season and you were able to score five. I mean, it just accentuates the point, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, they are um, they based on, as I said, organization. They're very disciplined. They have these three really big, strong center-backs. I think uh, Klaus and Nico did a great job up there to really stress them from the first moment onwards. And, uh, yeah, you know, we, we just, uh, I think, uh, as I said it very early on, we wanted it yesterday a little bit more than Cincinnati did. I think uh, that was the difference. And we scored also in the right moments. Uh, you know, you said about the first goal very early. But then these two late goals uh, just before halftime, that is this decisive moment in, in professional soccer. Uh, if you can score right before the halftime whistle or directly after, that somehow breaks the other team. It, it breaks their mind. It makes it very difficult. And our timing yesterday for the goals were excellent. You have... We talk about your team being fast and aggressive and, you know, putting the pedal down and, and the athleticism, but you're, I feel like your team's very physical. Do you feel that way? Or you, you definitely played a physical game yesterday. You know, if it's a, a rainy day, the, the, the field is wet. That's kind of a feast for, for a physical team because you're getting in these challenges. It's, you know, you slide. It's, it's kind of great. But you saw not just... Uh, St. Louis City is physical. Also, Cincinnati is a very physical team. You felt it all the way. You felt that for 90 minutes. There was lots of fouls, nothing brutal, nothing out of order, but there was lots of fouls. There was lots of challenges. There was lots of fights on both sides. And I think, you know, uh, the people appreciated it. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was fun to watch. It was quick. It was intense from both sides. And I just mentioned the people appreciated it. Uh, you know, I appreciate it even more that... Uh, 17,000 or 15,000, I don't know how many people stayed back uh, during a, a storm, a tornado warning, big rain, and a very, very late kickoff. Honestly, that's absolutely amazing. Uh, I, I really expected there will be 5,000 people out there when we came out and everybody's back home watching it on TV. But no, it looked like everybody was there to, to, to be there for us, to be there for the players. And even cooler, after the game, everybody stayed back again. But that was Really unbelievable. It gave me goosebumps now talking about it because yeah, you can't expect that from fans normally to, to stay back and wait for that long in kind of like a, a dangerous situation. But uh, they did it and they supported us and they pushed us. And I think uh, that was our, our thank you from the team to the, to the fans who stayed back and, 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 and watched their game to uh, give them these five goals. It's important that they know that, and I know that they know you appreciate them, but when they hear that, they just come back stronger. When they know that they're a part of it, and when the fans around here realize that they're making a difference, then they come back and they say, okay, well, watch this. And so as the weeks go on, I think you're going to see things like that from this fan base. It's just how it's been through history. Lutz Fanestiel is with us, the sporting director. I was really amazed just from a building standpoint, I, I got a chance to chat with a couple of people who run operations there. 
There was very little water around the facility uh, in in the concourse. It, you know, everything really drained extremely well in a, in a stadium that is wide open to the elements. But in particular, that field, I could not believe how good the field looked. I mean, what was it like for the players as a result? I know it's wet, but that is an amazing drainage system that you have there. Yeah, it sounds funny, but it was really those perfect conditions. Uh, the field was there was no bottle logs whatsoever. It was uh, the ball was moving quick. You know, it it was like it felt like it was just was watered before the game when it gets sprinkled. But yeah, you're right. Uh, the water goes away very quick. You know, and um, yeah, perfect playing conditions. The water, the, the stadium can take a lot of water. We saw that yesterday, and uh, that helps when you know you always have that 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 perfect pitch. Uh, under your under your studs to play, so that definitely was also a big big compliment on everybody involved on on the groundsman and and and, and his team. You know that, that was absolutely brilliant. So thanks, Josh, as well, from this note here. Lutzo, what does it say about your team that you have five different sources of goals, but also that Klaus plays the way that he played? He attracts so much attention. I really enjoyed watching him make opportunities for others? You know, if in the 78th minute, it's, it's 5-1, and, and, and Klaus is sprinting like 80 yards up and down to get this ball back because, number one, he wants to get on the score sheet. Number two, he wants to work. So that, that shows about the character of this kid. You know, it's, uh, it, it's never about him. It's always about the team. And, and still, he's so motivated to get on the score sheet as well. Um but I think you know that uh, I, I I love to repeat. I don't like to repeat things all the time, but I love to repeat that one. It's it's not just about about some superstar mentality to have these two three guys who are running everything. You see that uh, on on numbers of scores, on on numbers of also of assists that we really split that well between the squad and uh, whoever comes on does a good job. And you look yesterday at the performance. I don't really want to pick our players, but the performance of Rasmus Alm who was working, who was running, who was trying to get in there. Then he had a great assist for the fourth goal. Then, you know, the, the shot which went back from the goalkeeper's head and within was his shot. So it, it, it's amazing to see how, how he also impacts the game after coming back from injury. It also showed that we missed him last week uh, in, in, in Seattle and Bradley said it. If he would have pushed it, maybe we could have uh, already had him on the field in Seattle, but I think it was the right decision to wait with the medical team. Um, to to get him to get him uh, get him now 100% ready, and yeah, uh, you know I think all the team uh, yesterday wanted it. Uh, everybody performed, and it was a a great victory again for the team. I don't like the word designated player, as you know. I like the name designated team. I stick with that because that's what we are. Next for you is Colorado, the Colorado Rapids. As you go on the road, I will say this as the fans know this, the Rapids are owned by somebody that St. Louis fans pretty much don't like. Uh, But the first things first for you is to beat a major league soccer team. How good are the Colorado Rapids? Yeah, you know, we had yesterday time to watch them, uh, actually, when our game was, uh, because it was the the, the storm outside. So we watched the Rapids play yesterday against Charlotte. Uh, They drew 2-2. They played a good game. It's a team which is, um, you know, normally you see them in the the lower part of the table, but they 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 are decent. They have lots of experience. It's difficult, definitely, to play away them. Away from home against them, 
So another big challenge coming up, but um, you know we 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 want to race to that challenge. And you mentioned it for us. For us, it's just another game, another game, another weekend where we want to 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 yeah to get three points, to to work hard, to stick to our principles. But of course, there is a a little bit of uh, a pinch there as well uh, with the the ownership there in uh, in Colorado. And if we can make people in St. Louis happy, very happy to take away three points from Colorado because of the ownership there, then, uh, you know, we just will, will try our best uh, week in, week out, and that will not be different in, in Denver. Well, you're making a lot of people happy around here, that's for sure. Top of the table with a 6-0-2 record, uh, 6-2-0, I should say, with uh, 18 points, and you'll be visiting Denver. That game is on Saturday night. Blues fans have been known to go to Denver to see the Avalanche. I have a suspicion you'll get some City fans hopping on that flight over to Denver to see you on Saturday. Congratulations on a great win last night. It was an enjoyable experience. Looking forward to the next one, Lutz. Thanks very much. Thanks so much. That's the sporting director for St. Louis City SC, Lutz Fanningsteel. Always great to visit with him, win or lose. And in this case, they win, and they win a lot. It's 1128. Cardinals would like to start winning again. We'll get to John Mosellock, the president of baseball operations, next. Oh, Tom Ackerman. We're back on the show. It is Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. We are the home of the St. Louis Cardinals. And the Cardinals take the field today at 115 against the Pirates. And we say good morning to John Mosellock, the president of baseball operations. Good morning, Mo. Good morning, Tommy. How are you? Uh, doing well. Time to get after it again. Back on the field. A, a new day and moving forward. It is a long season, isn't it? When you look back at 15 games so far, what do you see overall from this club? Yeah, I guess if I had to summarize it right now, it's just been a lot of inconsistencies, right? Um, when you think about it from a starting pitching standpoint, the, the days we sort of get the uh, low number put up by our starters, we're just not scoring. Um, when we are scoring, you know, we tend to win those games. Um, and then I think, you know, just the, the availability of our bullpen has just not gone as if, as as we had planned. In other words, um, the usage, the way we've had to go with things, um, you know, losing guys to, to illness or just a little bit of uh, dead arm where they're just not available on a given day. We just haven't quite gotten in the sink where we've been able to get on that roll where we have everything sort of clicking at the same time. So as I look back on these first 15 games, I, I certainly hope it's not a indicator of what our season is going to look like. I think there's some internal adjustments we need to be making and, and some things we need to do, and we'll continue to work on that. I know you continue to discuss those things internally, but just giving us uh, an idea of what could be leading to the bullpen where, obviously, starting out, it is the early part of the starting pitching. Do you feel like, Ollie did mention this last hour, that the starting pitching is starting to stabilize a little bit? I mean, we are seeing longer starts out of your starters. Yeah, I, I I agree. Like I think like the biggest thing too is like when you're when you're down three nothing or or four one after two, you know that that's also just a different feel to how you're playing. And, I, and we were seeing that like a week ago. Whereas, you know, now we're, our starters are keeping us in games, they're giving us a chance, and, and all of that's positive. But you know, the question was like, how do you see the club right now? And that's just sort of the ebb and flow of what we're doing. And as you can imagine, you, you know, over a long season, sometimes you get off to a nice start, you have a good April, but then 
this happens to you in May or this happens to you in June. And just as a reminder, sometimes it happens a couple times in a season. So, you know, just sort of working through all that and, and you know, hopefully we can kind of get into that, that situation where our bullpen is, is in a good spot, where our starters are taking us deep, and we get into that where we can protect guys and, and not really feel like we have to hold people out just because of, of rest or soreness. So these are the things we're sort of just going to have to navigate. And, um, you know, overall, I still believe in this club. I still am excited about it um, and certainly looking forward to brighter days ahead. You mentioned also, you know, falling behind and, and the offense, as good as it is, just hasn't been able to cash in in this series. The runners in scoring position going into today, I believe, was like five for 34 or something along those lines. I mean, it it, it does happen. What do you see there from your I, offense? Yeah, so so like, like, you know, one of the things that, that, that you do need to have happen is, is have a little luck, right? In other words, the good thing is is we're hitting the ball hard. We're just hitting it at people. So if, if you tend to hit the ball hard, you, you tend to end up having better luck or you, or you make your own luck. So I'm not sure I would change a whole lot other than if I could, you know, put a little more luck into our hitters, I would give them that. But, like, just keep doing what they're doing. Over 162, it's going to pay off. Your outfield includes Lars Newtbar now. That's got to be a positive development. So far, so good on Lars based on his return and his return yesterday. Everything looking good with the thumb? Uh, yeah. You, you know, obviously this was a little longer than we anticipated, but here we are, and, you know, it's nice to get him back, and, and hopefully – you know, he can find himself where, where he really can end up being where he, he was prior to the injury. And because he was in a good spot, he had a lot of confidence, and uh, hopefully we can get him going and he can be a key contributor in that outfield. It does create that interesting mix in the outfield, doesn't it? you got a, a bunch of them going. I mean, Burleson's been pretty good. Uh, he, he ends up, you know, at this point hitting 293. So now you have five outfielders. We were talking about four earlier. We knew Burleson was going to be part of it, but now – to be honest, you do have five you can mix and match. How do you see that? For example, today you have two of those incumbents um, watching uh, Burleson, Newpar, and Walker. It's interesting. Yeah, I think, uh, well, one, we're trying to give T.O. a little extra time. Um, but you're right. It's, it's you know, guys are going to be competing. And, and you know, we, we went into camp telling people this was going to be a competition, and sometimes in season that doesn't change. And so I think like what, you know, the, sort of the chore or the, what Ollie will be pressed for is, you know, how do I keep people engaged? How do I, you know, balance out those at bats? But, you know, probably the simplest answer is, is as a manager, you tend to go with the hot hand. And so, you know, hopefully some, some of these guys can, can kind of take that and run with it and we'll see. But, uh, the mix and match will be there, and, and certainly left versus right will also be uh, something that uh, mixes into that uh, equation. Here's a positive development in your offense. Nolan Gorman, uh, Jordan Walker, of course, 12-game hitting streaks speaks for itself. Amazing, incredible start to his career. Meanwhile, Nolan Gorman just rolling right along here, hitting 326, and in that 10th inning, as hard as that game was yesterday, here's Nolan Gorman with a chance to make something happen. I thought he did. He just caught one right to the second baseman. He hit one right to the second baseman. You know, he's he's making those adjustments, and, and that's what you want to see out of a young player, too. Um, he's a talented young hitter. Uh, obviously, you know, 
he's a first round pick. He's a guy that um, I think a lot of people understood why we took him. You you see the power, but I think the the thing that a lot of our takeaway, what we're seeing from him this year, is just the ability to to make adjustments in his at bat, and and that's a good thing. So hopefully he can continue to do that. I think he'll be a, a great resource for us moving forward. We saw earlier in that tenth inning Jordan Hicks and, and giving up the runs. We saw him throw all those sliders at once. It indicates that maybe he's just not as confident throwing his fastball for strikes. Where do you see Jordan Hicks right now? Somebody that's been a big part of this organization. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure where I see him. In other words, you know, missed time in Colorado with strap. I don't know how that's affecting him. Obviously, prior to that, he was having issues with his command. You, you know, when, you, when you're a part of a bullpen, you, you have to have usable stuff. I mean, that, that's, the I think, you know, the tricky part of, of managing. And so, you know, I, I hope from a physical standpoint, he's okay. I do know, you know, our, our medical team will be with him today just to make sure where he's at. But, you know, clearly when you think about bullpen usage and, and, and that's really my point I was trying to say earlier is like when you don't have somebody available and your bullpen is actually short and you're pitching in Colorado, it just puts so much more stress on everybody else. And, and these are small little things that I don't think, you know, maybe necessarily our fan base realizes, but you know, pitching at, at altitude, putting that kind of demand on you and and then not having people available just makes it really difficult. And that's one of the reasons, like, we try to give Helsley two days off in a row, let him try to catch his breath. But these are the challenges. And, um, you know, every team has to go through them, so these aren't, like, excuses. But we're having to go through them earlier in the season than maybe we had hoped for. Well, that's always why we appreciate having you on these Sundays because we can – really get some insight into those daily things that you measure and, and look throughout a 162-game season, plus spring training, plus, uh, God willing, postseason. This is just a long, long season that you have to navigate. So we appreciate all of that. Thank you for being with us. Good luck today against the Pirates. All right. Well, thank you, Tommy, and talk to you next week. Yes, absolutely. There's President of Baseball Operations, John Mosaylock. A lot of things this team is sorting through right now, without a doubt. It's 6-9. and nine. Going into today, Miles Michaelis. We'll try to get him back to the Miles Michaelis. We know that start so important today as the Cards take on the Pirates. 115 first pitch. We'll have it right here on KMOX. There's a lot going on. I mean, City with a great win last night. We've talked a ton about them. Let's not forget about the St. Louis Battlehawks, who are playing their most important game of the season so far today. We'll tell you why that is. And then finally, Mizzou lands a transfer. I know I teased this earlier. I have very good knowledge about this transfer. I'll tell you what he does for Mizzou next on KMOX. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend? 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Graybar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. It is sports on a Sunday morning. It's great to be with you. It's 1145. We are just a couple of hours away from the St. Louis Battlehawks. I know our tailgaters are out and about in downtown St. Louis, mixing in with Cardinals fans, getting ready to head to the Battle Dome. I love how they call that, the Battle Dome. The Battlehawks are 6-2, and two, just like St. Louis City. And this is the second meeting in the XFL between the Battlehawks and the Seattle Sea Dragons. They are 5-3, and three, and the third meeting uh, between these, so the second meeting in the XFL between the Battlehawks and the Sea Dragons. St. Louis has won both of the previous matchups, winning at home in 2020, 23-16, to 16, and 20-18 on the road in Week 2 of this year. So, again, this is the third meeting between the two. They played back a few years ago and once already this year. Battlehawks hold a one-game lead over Seattle for the second and final playoff spot in the XFL North Division. So this is what this means. The Battlehawks will play the second game of this three-game homestand today against Seattle. They are the XFL North Division rival, the Sea Dragons. They sit in third place in the division. A win over Seattle would clinch a spot for St. Louis in the XFL North Division Championship game at 2 o'clock Central Time on April 30th against the D.C. Defenders. Between then, there's the game today against Seattle. you got to win it to get to that XFL North Division Championship game. You'll clinch a spot. You'll play next week. There's an 11 a.m. Central kickoff time on Saturday, April 22nd, against the Orlando Guardians at the Dome. And the game will be televised on ESPN for that one. Tickets available at XFL.com slash tickets. Let's get those tickets up for this team. It's fun to see St. Louis shown as a football town on national TV. I just love that St. Louis is playing football on ESPN. And I understand, I get it, that it's not the NFL. But as I said last week, it's just, it's St. Louis. It is a major league crowd. So you can talk all you want about 
the XFL, they're putting on a show. The fans are. You know, this is about them. Just like City, it is about them. Until we start to learn more about the teams and they develop a story. Right now, the story is St. Louis in both cases. So that that's really it. Uh, Anthony Becht, appreciate what he's done as a head coach. He understands. He's been here. He was a St. Louis Ram. He gets this crowd. He understands this market. He also understands football. He's got a good coach coming uh, to play him, by the way. Former Rams coach, Jim Hazlitt. Hazlitt's the coach of Seattle. And he used to coach in the Dome. So I, I find it really uh, fun, uh, the, what the Battlehawks do. I think it's just good, wholesome fun, Drew, in downtown St. Louis. And the Battlehawks combined attendance for their first three home games, 109,345. Those are the three largest crowds in XFL history right here in St. Louis, the last three. And they have another chance to do that today, put another 35,000-plus in there. I mentioned earlier you're going to have 75,000 people in downtown St. Louis today going to games. 40,000 at Bush Stadium and 35-plus. Battlehawks fans, the top three attendance marks in XFL history. In week four, the home opener, remember they didn't play at home until week four, they put 38,310 in there against Arlington. The next week against D.C., the team hopefully they'll be playing for the XFL North Championship on April 30th, 35,868. In week eight against Vegas, 35,167. So it's gone down slightly, but the Battlehawks held the previous top mark. That was 29,554 for that home opener that we all went to. Felt like all of us were there. I was there, but... Uh, for in 2020. So they've actually increased attendance since that wild, raucous atmosphere that day, and they continue to add. So if you want to go, there will be walk-up, but I'd go to xfl.com slash tickets and just grab some, whether it's for today. They don't play till 2. Uh, or next week against Orlando, or oh, don't let St. Louis have a playoff game at home. Oh, my goodness. Will that be fun? And it, it is, you know... It, it is the fact that it's on ESPN on the mothership is important. It, it is. It is a league that ESPN has put out there to give it a lot of exposure. So St. Louis fans are taking advantage of that too. They're dressing up. They're having fun. They're showing off their city. They're drinking adult beverages. They're partying. And perhaps that can help that side of downtown. And I, I Just the fact that the uh, city is doing what it can do for downtown West my hope is that the Battlehawks can do the same on that side. I hope this lasts is what I'm saying. I hope the XFL, I hope this lasts somehow, some way. It's just too much fun. Don't take this away from us again, please. So hopefully it does uh, all take place. Okay. Uh, good luck to the Battlehawks against Seattle today. I have six minutes to go through everything else in sports. We've talked Cardinals. We talked City. We talked Blues. We talked Battlehawks. Let me venture into Mizzou basketball for just a minute. Mizzou is... One player stronger, they have landed a transfer by the name of Tamar Bates. He is a wing, and he transferred from Indiana. So this is where I come in. I can tell you about Tamar Bates from my perspective. <laughs> Tamar Bates is a scorer. Now, he gets to play closer to home now. He's from Kansas City. He was a four-star recruit out of Kansas City. He's good. He's 6'5", but to me, he plays taller than that because he has – a uh, big wingspan, 
Uh, he is a good defender. I don't fault him at all for his effort on defense. I think when they when Indiana put him in and had to guard good players, he held up his end of the bargain. Where he falls short is that he does tend to turn the ball over and make some poor decisions in terms of shooting the basketball. When the ball goes in the basket for him, it comes in bunches. He is streaky. Uh, he absolutely can score in bunches. There's no question about that. He can score from the outside, and he can slash to the basket. But when it doesn't go well, he will post 0 for 6, 0 for 7, 0 for 8. I mean, it, and he has a flat shot. He's a lefty shooter. He has a flat shot, I feel, from the outside. It doesn't have enough arc on it. And if you're playing on this Mizzou team, you're going to have to knock down open threes. They set this up with a five-out offense that Dennis Gates has designed to shoot open threes or contested threes, but mostly they're, they're trying to get you open for a three or a lane to slash to the basket, which he can do. So I do think that he's a good fit for the offense, but what I get concerned about is that Bates can go cold for a long period of time. Now, you'll look at his percentage, and in the last two years, uh, he's this past season he was 37% from three. You'll say, well, that's good. What's wrong with that? As I mentioned, he has – I feel like shot Indiana out of some situations with some streaky bad shooting. Now, conversely, he can and did put Indiana in good positions by having really good games. If Bates had a good game, Indiana had a good game because they would bring him off the bench. He was going to be one of their carryover scorers from last year. Although he only averaged five a game, he was somebody, again, that could put up double digits in, in a blink. Uh, if if he needed to, but he could also go cold. And they're not bringing him back in Indiana. Now, he went to the transfer portal. I think that, you know, fans got a little frustrated, but at the same time, good kid, worked hard. Uh, hopefully he works out for Mizzou because, you know, this is they're going to go in with this style of play for Dennis Gates, and these players who come in have got to be able to knock down shots. I, I don't know that you realize how good Mizzou was last year with regard to hitting the open three and the experience that they had in a very short time gelling together. Is there a player that he plays like, like a Iguodala or something like that? No, oh, no, he's not that good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Both who stylistically. Does, yeah. Who does he play like? It's hard to say. You know, he's, um, you know, again, I think a, a Decent ball handler. I wouldn't trust him to run point necessarily. He's he's a wing who trends more as a guard. He's not going to go in and bang down at the post, but he can go up and get a rebound. He can stick to you defensively. I didn't see a guy who goes up and blocks shots necessarily, but his length as a guard can cause problems defensively. Where I see a downside, again, is there was some frustration in terms of flow of offense that sometimes he would disrupt the flow with an ill-advised shot. I hope that Dennis Gates can get him, insert him into this offense. And maybe it was just a bad fit with Indiana. Maybe he just didn't fit in the style that they were trying. They were running a lot through the post through Trace Jackson Davis and through race Thompson. But you know, I'm a Mizzou fan also. I mean, obviously I'm an Indiana alum and I love Indiana with all my heart and I always will. They'll be my number one, but I grew up a Mizzou fan and Mizzou and SLU are very close to me and I all, I want them both to be very good. So I'll be pulling for Tamar Bates to be great 
and maybe he'll be a great fit in this system. I really hope so. I'm just kind of giving you the perspective of somebody who watched basically every game that he played. Um, and when you do that, you actually, as we know as Cardinals fans, sometimes you do focus on the negative. You know, you'll see the player and be like, he's great, he's great, he's great, but he does all this wrong. You know, so just keep that in mind that go in with an open mind with Tamar Bates, know that he's going to have some games where he just doesn't have it. And we'll see how the coaching staff reacts to that, but there will be some games where he lights it up. And I think that's a positive development. I think overall it is a good win for both for Mizzou and for Tamar Bates to get a change of scenery and to go to the university of Missouri. So good for him. I'm happy for him. Now, a couple of other things happening in sports today. I do want to remind folks that the NASCAR Cup Series is coming and coming soon. It is June 4th, and uh, tickets are on sale at Worldwide Technology Raceway's website. They have the Confluence Music Festival filled with great new uh, artists that you should be able to keep an eye on, and including one that you've known for a long time, Dirks Bentley. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, that's uh, at WWTRaceway.com. I'm uh, partnering with Worldwide Technology Raceway again this year and working with them on NASCAR, and I thought last year was an absolute blast. Things are trending. I just don't want you to forget about it. Um, you know, Because last year when it came down to it, I got a lot of texts on the day of the race or the day before about tickets, and they were gone. I mean, there's just nothing you could do about it. It sold out, and everybody had this FOMO. Like, I should have. I should have gone. I should have gone. I just wanted to give a little reminder that we'll get Chris Blair back on the show also, maybe next week. It's 1157. The news is next. Thanks for joining us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 